What is up, everybody? Welcome back into Let's Effin' Talk. This is your boy, D, and I'm back for another episode. You got my pre-roll here. I'm ready to fire this up and talk to you guys. Let me pre-roll, courtesy of Puffs Cannabis Company. I love it. I thought that once Puffs, once all like the medical marijuana dispensaries went uh, recreational, I thought it was just going to be a pain in the ass to get weed. But it's actually not that bad. You just walk in. There's like an express lane at Puffs for the medical people, like myself, that that have a a doctor's prescription to get weed. We just don't smoke it willy-nilly. We actually, we actually have to do this. We have to get high. <laughs> I don't know about have to, but life's a lot easier than when we do. Well, I kind of have to, unless I want to pop Blakeman every fucking day, which I really don't want to do. Went down that road once. Ain't gonna do that again. Let's get this thing sparked up. Yeah, I got lower back pain. Lower back pain and pains in my left knee, obviously. For people who know me, know why. So, I smoke weed for a pain. And it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I had a doctor prescribe me Vicodin. He's like, just take some, let's take three of these every fucking day. Just take three Vicodin every day. Or whenever you feel pain, just take Vicodin. Whenever I feel pain, motherfucker, all the time. Then why can I don't work all the time? At least weed makes you, it doesn't take the pain away, but it makes you forget about it a little bit. It subsides the pain. All Wagner does is get you fucking stoned and you want to take a nap. That's all that does. And then plus it damages your liver. But on to, on to, greater, on to greener pastures today. Have you, ever, uh, have you ever walked into like a Walmart? And said, hey, like I wonder what it would be like to like live in a Walmart. Like if you could just crawl up in the rafters, you know, and just crawl up in the rafters, be quiet during the day, and just not move around so much so people don't know you're up there. You think how great would it be? You just live in a Walmart. Well, Two homeless people, well, not really homeless because they're living in, inside the roof of a Walmart. <laughs> homeless couple found living in Walmart attic with a hot plate, meth lab, and a 40-inch 40 40 LED TV. Dude, that's, that's making it right there. That's that's making it. So apparently this, these home, this homeless couple, it was, it was hard for them. They were trying to find shelter because of the cold, because of the winter. Because winter was on the way, so they crawled up into like a heating vent in, in Walmart. So about they crawled up on top of the roof, they got through the heating system, and got through, got into a heating vent, and popped that fucker out, and boom, lived inside the roof of a Walmart for the colder times of the year. Yep, this is takes place in Tennessee. They were living in the lap of luxury above a Tennessee Walmart store. A homeless man, 48 years old, Wilbert Thompson, admitted to the police that he and his girlfriend, 54-year-old Ingrid Malone, had been living above the store for two years. 
what they did in the attic baffled police and store employees. Like, I don't mean to laugh, but these people really got one over on Walmart. I really don't mean to laugh, but that's they really pulled one over on these guys. In the attic, they recovered two pounds of meth that they somehow produced on a hot plate. Well, it's not really hard. Oh, you have heat, you can make meth. You can make meth without heat. All you need is some batteries. I'm not going to tell you how to make meth. That's just a bad idea all around. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> they also managed to get food, drinks, a mini refrigerator, a big screen TV, and surround sound system, a bedroom set, hangers, clothes. I mean, yeah, basically, if Walmart sold it, sold it, they had it. That's just amazing. These people are living good inside of a fucking Walmart. Oh, <laughs> they even managed to splice into the satellite TV to order an NFL Sunday ticket a la Walmart. This guy was, like, I don't know, homeless, meth, meth heads? Fucking brilliant. This is fucking brilliant. The couple was discovered when employees on the break room heard banging from above. Uh, okay, she started moving around during the day. It's like, oh, fucked up. That's how I got. That's how I got caught. Apparently, the couple was engaging in intercourse with the new headboard that they on their queen size bed, which they also took from the store. It was banging against one of the attic dividers. During Thomas's Thompson's confession, he also admitted stealing KY jelly, hers and mine, which. He says, screwed up everything and got us busted. <laughs> That's just great. I'm gonna post the I'm gonna post this link up on Facebook. You gotta you gotta look at this picture that they're showing. Like you can tell they're meth heads just by looking at them. But that is great. We're gonna share that on Facebook right freaking now. <laughs> oh my goodness. If you wanna see the picture of these two meth heads that were all up in Walmart, then you can go to Let's F and Talk on Facebook, and the picture will be right there. And I just posted it. Posting now. <laughs> Done. But that's fucking crazy. That is crazy. Let's read some of the, some of the, <laughs> that looked like they might have used all the meth they made. Scary. <laughs> but they found two pounds, so, so two meth heads lived the reality. You know, be, you know what would be a great place to live? In the ceiling of Walmart. And you know what? They fucking did it for 200 years. That is amazing. Good job. I don't know. Hats off to you guys, I guess. I mean, it's bad because you're meth heads. But hats off to you guys. Yeah, you can tell these guys are all strung out on this shit. That's great. I would love, I would love to live in a Walmart. Well, legally. <laughs> like if I can just be like, can I just pay five hundred bucks rent here, and I'll just you know camp out in the corner, <laughs> pay three hundred bucks a month for rent, and I'll just camp out in the corner over here. <clears throat> I mean, think about it. You got all everything you need. You got your beds. You got any bed you want, any comforter you want to use, any pillow. You can use a brand new pillow every single night. Use a brand new pillow every single night. You can go store the DVD section. You can get any book and movie you want to watch on any TV you want to watch on. With any Blu-ray player you want to use, not to mention you got fish for you got fish for pets. That's one. That's one thing. 
Sports like yeah, you can exercise. You got exercise equipment there. You can just fucking go full row. You can go play some baseball. You know, Walmart's the place to be. I guess. Well, hats off, hats off to you two meth heads. Congratulations, you two meth heads. Anyways, kind of jump right into a story on you guys. That's crazy. That's crazy. But I'm gonna ask you how you were doing or nothing. You got my PR here. It's almost half done. I might put this out and get started. All right, guys. Let's see what we got going on in the world today. Let's see what we got going on in the world today. <laughs> yeah, it's... Oh, man. That had to pull up. I do have a history in today. January 28th, 1986, the Space Shuttle Challenger exploded, killing all astronauts. That was... Wow, 1986. That was 34 years ago. It's crazy. I was only four when this happened, so I really don't. Remember. I remember it. I remember seeing like footage of it on the news, like when I was late, or like later in my life. But I was only four when that happened. That's sad. So sad. So we got some. I know I jumped right into a story at the beginning of the podcast. You know, I kind of, I'm like, I'm trying to keep, trying to keep from crying. It's basically what we're, basically what we're dealing with here, guys. I, I have to talk about it. I, he was a big impact on my life. I know you guys are probably sick of hearing about it. This is the whole reason why I didn't do a show on Monday. I was just learning about this. It was like, I, I barely made it through work. It was a work day. You don't know how big of an impact that somebody has on your life until they're not there. And yes, I'm talking about Kobe Bryant and his daughter, uh, Gianna Bryant. I am talking about both of them. They passed away Sunday morning between the hours of 9.30 a.m. and 10 a.m. In a helicopter crash, along with seven other people. Just crazy. Just so, so crazy. Like, you never think something like that, like a tragedy like that, could happen to somebody who you who you view as, like, Superman, like, invincible. When Kobe, when Kobe burst onto the scene at 18 years old, straight out of high school, I was only 13 years old. I was 13 or 14 years old at the time. And I was just learning. I was just, you know, I loved that. I already loved basketball. You know, I loved basketball. I was a fan of Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, James Worthy. Like I love basketball already to that point, but once you, once you from watching Jordan though, went after Jordan, there was really nothing, and then Kobe came. Once Jordan was once Jordan was kind of out of going out of his prime, kind of you kind of see him you know level off a little bit, not be the superstar that he that he was for years for years upon years. And then you just finally see the decline in Jordan's play, which really wasn't a lot. <laughs> he was still better than 90% of the people in the league. But And then you see this 18-year-old with a goatee and an, af and an afro straight out of high school, straight out of Lower Marion High School. And goes by the name of Kobe Bean Bryant. It's amazing. As soon as he stepped on the court, 
I instantly, uh, instantly became a fan of Kobe. I was no longer a fan of just the Lakers. Don't get me wrong, I was still a Lakers fan. I'm still a Lakers fan, 37 years later. Even though I, st I rooted for the Bulls, I rooted for the Bulls then, I rooted for the Lakers. I rooted for both teams when I was younger because Jordan imagine. How can he not root for both those people? Really? But then after this, after Jordan won his sixth championship in seven years, I was like, okay, it's time to move on. <laughs> then I stopped rooting for Jordan, and that's when Kobe burst onto the scene. And that's when I fell in love with Kobe Bryant. I fell in love with his game, the way he played, his mentality. Never died, never say quit attitude. I just fell in love with it. Like he became a role model. He became a new role model. Like for real. I looked up to him. I studied his footwork. I studied the way he released the shot. I studied the way he held his left hand when he shot. I studied the way he jumped. I studied the way he fucking squared up everything. Like I was, I was a basketball player in high school as well. Not so much my early high school, but late, later high school, my junior, senior year, because I moved. And I was able to play because my dad like my dad didn't care. He's like, go ahead and play. Like my grandpa didn't want me to play. My grandpa didn't want nothing to happen to me. He didn't want me to play. I don't know if it was that either he didn't want me to play or they just didn't want to take do the work, you know, to help me build to be uh, my full potential. Help me build to my my full potential. It was like I came home from school. We didn't go anywhere. I came home from school. I sat home. I went outside and played in the neighborhood because like neighborhood kids, or I rode my bike down the road to my buddy Joe's house, and I went and played in his neighborhood with his neighborhood kids. <laughs> that was kind of like the beauty of where I grew up is that if someone wasn't home in your subdivision, because we, had, I live in the country, but we were, me and my friends were raised in a group of subdivisions, like in the country, and then there's little subdivisions of houses, you know, right by the lake. And that's where I grew up. So if someone wasn't home in your subdivision, you would ride your bike to the next subdivision. If no one was home there, you turn right around, go right up the hill, and ride your bike to the next subdivision. <laughs> and that's how we rolled. You know, that's how me and my friends rolled. We did that for years, years, riding our bikes up and down West River Road. <laughs> Probably sometimes that we shouldn't have been. <laughs> Anyways, off topic, but anyways, yeah, I just fell in love with Kobe at that point. You know, in the bed, in the driveway, shooting hoops with your friends in the driveway, fade back, Kobe. <laughs> You're nothing but night, Kobe. You take the take your socks, laundry basket, put your socks, and you fold your socks, roll them up, Kobe into the laundry basket. <laughs> if you're at work, if you work in a place like I do. You're at work. You wad up paper towels and you're fucking fading back. Kobe into the trash can. <laughs> That's it's a mentality. That's what we did. We looked up to this guy. I know a lot of people are saying, well, what did he ever do for you guys? This guy's done nothing for you guys, and everyone's everyone, the whole world's mourning him. No, he's done nothing for you personally. Just because he's done nothing for you doesn't mean he didn't do anything for the millions and millions of people out there that looked up to him. 
that appreciated him. Not really just not really wanted to be him, but just appreciated the way he played the game of basketball. Like so just because he did nothing for you doesn't mean he didn't set trends and have an impact on millions and millions of people out there. Because me being one of them, like I'm sorry guys, I'm like I cried for two days. I'm not even gonna lie about it. Like, I cried for two days when I heard about this. Like people have people cried when they heard Prince die. People cried when they heard Lennon Jack, when John Lennon died. People cried when Kennedy got assassinated. People cried. The country mourns. The country mourns people that we don't know, but we see every single day. So we feel like we know them. But anyways, rest in peace to Kobe and Jana Bryant. And rest in peace to the seven people that were also involved in that, hel in that tragic hel helicopter crash. I just couldn't imagine. Can you just imagine? Like, it wasn't... Can you just imagine holding holding your daughter? I have a son. I don't have a daughter. But even, even then, holding him as, the, as you know what's about to happen. As the last seconds of your life are the scariest seconds of your life. And you know what's about to happen. And the only thing you can do was clutch on to your, to your son or daughter and say it's going to be okay. When you know damn well it's not going to be. But that's scary. I'm tearing up right now just thinking about it. Like, it's not the passing of Kobe Bryant that left us heartstruck and heartbroken. It's how it happened. If we found out that Kobe Bryant had a fatal, like a incurable disease that he didn't know about and died in his sleep overnight, we would be sad, yes. But it wouldn't be like this. What happened was a tragedy, an epic tragedy. Not, 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 that didn't just take the life of an American icon. Also took the life of seven Innocent people, three of which being 13 years old. 13 years old, thir three 13 year old girls died in that plane crash. That's what makes this so gut wrenching. That's what makes this so hard. It's not that a death of an NBA player, someone, an NBA player died. So you guys are all up and uproar about that. No, it's not like it's not that, guys. It's how it happened. And that's I'm I'm not even gonna go any further onto it. Kobe Bryant, you were you were a god to me. And to millions of others out there. I hope you and your daughter. And there's seven other people that were involved in that plane crash are in heaven right now. And I really hope, I pray to God that we will meet again. So I guess that's where I'm going to leave it off today, guys. That's about what I'm going to do. I have a little clip from Kobe's last game. 
I'm going to play that in memory of him. I hope you guys enjoy it. You know, it's, uh, I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And, uh, you know, to be standing here at center court with you guys, my teammates behind me, and uh, appreciating all this, you know, the journey that we've been on. You know, we've been through our ups and been through our downs. And uh, I think the most important part is that we all stayed together throughout. You know, I grew up, I grew up a diehard, I mean a diehard Laker fan. Diehard. I mean, I knew, knew everything about every player that's ever played here. So to be drafted and then traded to this organization and to spend 20 years here, I mean, you can't, you can't write something better than this. And I'm more proud, I'm more proud of the fact that not about the championships, but about the down years. Because we didn't run. We didn't run. We played through all that stuff. And we got our championships. And we did it the right way. And uh, all I can do here is just thank you guys. Thank you guys for all the years of support. Thank you guys for all the motivation. Thank you for all the inspiration. And, uh, you know, what's funny, <laughs> The thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 20 years of everybody screaming to pass the ball. And on the last night, they're like, don't pass it. <laughs> this, has been, this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart. And uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. And... Uh, Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, my daughter Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training. And Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have. I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out. Crazy. Someone you looked up to for years, your entire life. Done within seconds. Words can't express the feelings that millions of people around the country have right now. That's all I have today, guys. That's it. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope I didn't make you cry too much. If a tear rolled down your cheek, you feel the same way I do. If not, I hope you enjoyed the show. And I will see you here on Friday. I love you guys. Hug your, hug your family. Hug your, hug, hug your children. Kiss your wife. Call your parents. Tell you you love them. Stop taking everything for granted. That's kind of what I'm saying.
because you never know. You never know. Love you guys. Peace.